I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll think... tell you what I think. What's that you say? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Hey. Hey. Listen. Shut up and listen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen with me, Heather Matarazzo. Um, I know that I've been on a little bit of break, and I also realized that this is one hell of a long season. So um, in between um, Christmas and New Year's, there will not be an episode, and um, then we're going to have a brand new season starting in early January. It's very exciting. Um <clears throat> And like I say all the time on this podcast, I really do believe that every single thing in my life happens exactly the way that it's meant to. And today is definitely no exception. Um, The original podcast guest that I was scheduled to have is remote, meaning they don't live where I am and it wasn't going to be in person. And I was going to try my hand at doing a call podcast interview and we tried to do it twice and it didn't work um and i felt really fucked (laughs) um and somebody else that i've been wanting to have on this podcast for a while um whom i have known for god knows how long and um i just did his podcast i was like can we can we move up your date to like now to tonight um and he said yes and i think you're only the third person the third um dude i've had in my podcast whoa um and you're like what dude is it heather what dude is it um (laughs) look at the title of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) um so daniel franchise yeah, or you want to be a, a, the real deal Italian about it. Well, yeah. I mean, or Frenzese. We should say Frenzese, which is like the Americanized. Well, you know. I know. You want to be authentico. Well, yeah. Like when people say, how do you say your Latin? Matarazzo. Hey. Matarazzo. Hey. Uh, you got to add the hey at the end of it. Hey. I, I, I don't do it well. But, I mean, everybody, like, you guys know who he is. I mean, from, like, Mean Girls to Looking, you know, he. you now have a new podcast that I was just on. That's right, Butch and the Bear. Butch and the Bear, which is so much fun. I, well, I'm having a blast with it. I absolutely love AB, and we just have a good time. Yeah. How many guests have you had now? Oh, geez, like eight? Wow. Yeah. Was I your just, last guest? No. Uh, it comes out every Tuesday. Trey Pearson came out today. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that? Um, it was amazing. I mean, he's great. Um, for those of you who don't know who he is, uh, he's the first like Christian rock singer to come out of the closet, which was crazy. And he got uh, cut from this Christian rock festival, which then they invited him back in. And then when he got there, uh, the other bands protested and wouldn't let him perform. So then one of the other bands ended up bringing him up with his band. So he ended up getting... Uh, to perform anyway so he's, he's just like this remarkable guy and now he has his own ep out and he's doing his own thing 
gosh. Just nice to get people that are just living their best life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it just makes me think that you've got to love, you know, those Christians that uh, <clears throat> forget the tenets of Jesus. <laughs> right? You know? I always say, like, I'm like, Jesus is awesome. His followers kind of stink sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, d- d- yeah. D- depending on the follower. <laughs> um Speaking of which, speaking of following, because we're just going to fucking get into it. Um, because, I mean, we are. We've got to. Um, we have to because it's like, it has to do with us. Well, it has to do with us. Um, and it, like this just ended up like coming up and out this week. Um, but like this is something that like you and I had talked about uh, privately well over a year ago. Right. Um and that I feel like it speaks to a bigger thing in terms of everything that's going on in Hollywood right now, whether it be. Yeah. Well, you were just on my podcast talking about Kevin Spacey's scandal. Yeah. And this was like pre, you know, uh, Louis CK and all these other ones that we've seen. Yeah. So now we've had Louis CK. We have Brett Ratner. We had the um, exec of One Tree Hill. Mark, Google, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, you know, there, that other creep, Tom Sizemore. Um, did you hear about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. <sighs> um, and then you came out um, to talk about... Well, Ellen Page. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you set it oh, up. You I'll set it up. Set it up. Just, to, you know, not to... You know, this isn't like a publicity tour about this situation. No, but... But here, here's what happened, okay? So there is a ton of talk right now about harassment and especially sexual harassment and rape and all these other horrible things that people in the film and entertainment industry have been subjected to. This doesn't limit, obviously, this abuse exists everywhere in every profession, but Hollywood is the one that gets the press. Hollywood's the glossy, you know, everything's perfect. We all live in underneath the car, the shade of the cardboard tree, right? Mm. So recently they've been doing this, uh, depending on whose side you're on, you know, from like either they've been exhuming all of these like stories and getting rid of all the trash in Hollywood or a witch hunt, depending on whose side you're on in the story, right? This is where everyone's thinking now, but everyone no matter whose side they are in the story is paying attention yeah and um i've been really emotionally affected by it because besides the story that i just told recently about my experience there's so many other stories that i have to tell as we all have a million yeah you know of things that we've put up with that we were told to shut up about that that it's not cool to speak speak upon and so Ellen Page came forward and talked about how Brett Ratner treated her when she was 19 on the set of X-Men. And I think she was 18. 18. She was 18. Okay, 18 on the set of X-Men and said stuff to her made her before she realized who she was internally. I think the comment was, fuck her to let her know that she's a lesbian or something like that that she had to deal with. And it just... I had a visceral moment, Heather. Like, I just... It was in the moment, and I that I, I I remembered. I mean, I have been telling this story for years. 
I mean, I tell this story to anyone who ever brings up the movie or especially brought up BG Phillips to me. And I haven't seen her, you know, or, I mean, and when I do see her, well, I haven't seen her in years. Let's start with this. And then you and I went to brunch. And you also worked with Bijou. I on, did. Um, Hostel 2. I did. And Heather and I were having lunch in Glendale. And I, she mentioned it. You, I think, you, I don't know if you brought it up or if I brought it up or how it happened. But we started, I told you the story. Mm-hmm. Like, and even in more detail than I did on my Facebook page. And you shared some stories with me yep. about your experiences yeah. working with her. And we both shared other stories of other people who have mm-hmm. talked to us about her. Mm-hmm. And right at that moment, people will not believe it, but right at that moment, hadn't seen Bijou Phillips in years, she walked up to us. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I, we were literally talking about her. It was as if we summoned her. Yeah. She showed up and was like, oh my God, guys. Hey, both yeah. of you. Yeah. And then I distinctly remember sitting there going, okay, like I've had a lot of this issue. You know, a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from this situation, um, a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from this situation is like, be a man. Don't be a pussy. Grow some balls. That's like, what you've gotten? I, and not, I mean, it's not the majority, I'll say. The majority has been really supportive, but the negative has been a lot of that. And I, I'm getting it from men and women. And like Russian bots, I just, I felt that the entire time that I was feeling her harassment on, on the, on the show. Yeah. I was like, get yourself. I'm from New York. I was like, get yourself together. Like, you know what I mean? Do something about this. Yeah. Say something. And, you know, being an equity theater actor, this was my first film, but being an equity theater actor, I knew to, you know, speak to somebody in charge. And I, I spoke to everyone who would listen. On that set. And the whole vibe of Bully um, was, let's get this movie made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we, we started with this. I don't even know where to start with this right now. I feel like people have, who haven't even read the letter don't even know what I'm talking about. But, like, um, PJ Phillips harassed me on the set of Bully. I wrote a Facebook post about it. It went viral. She apologized. I accept her apology. Yeah. Um, and I accepted it. And I said this in my thread on Twitter um, under the the grace, like that she would show that mercy to somebody else. And I specifically chose the words grace and mercy because that's what it was. Because mm. I still have all kinds of feelings about it. Yeah. Because it gave me lots of years of feelings about it. Yeah. And so, um, but grace for her and for her daughter and for what her husband you know, is dealing with right now with his multiple rape charges. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know the stories even. I didn't even know that, like with all of the stuff that was going on, I I don't even think I was hip to it because to be honest with you, what was going on with Danny Masterson, because to be honest with you, I've really not have followed Bijou. I've like ignored her. I've been like, screw her, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I didn't know she had, she just recently also had a kidney transplant and like a lot of these other things. So putting all of that into perspective, when I did talk to her and she did apologize and she explained to me, you know, her daughter, her nieces, like I have a kidney transplant. I've got a lot going on. My husband's allegations. I felt the need, you know, as a decent person, you know, um, with Christian, all of that, I was like, I have to do something 
I have to be the better person here in this moment. But the feelings that I've had and this, the stuff that I had is really awkward. I mean, I was sick all day that day. I didn't, you know, I've been wanting this story to be heard. And here's the thing. Let me, okay. Before we go any further. Yeah. When Ellen Page put this out, she talked about LGBTQ harassment in Hollywood. It was a different subject. And we don't get that platform as much as everyone else does. Like this was a moment that the world was listening to an LGBTQ issue that was very important to be told. Yeah. So at that point, the floor was there. The mic was there. It seemed like a place ripe enough for me to be able to share my experience, if only just with my followers in a place that like, you know, perhaps people will finally listen. People are like, oh, you waited 18 years to tell this story. No. As a matter of fact, six months ago, I told it to Inside Edition. No. When, I, when they were interviewing me about my clothing line, I was talking about body positivity and how I reached that place. Yeah. And I told the whole story to them. And it ended up on the cutting room floor. This story's been... In the EPK kit, they interview me about every other actor in the movie. I say nothing about her. Yeah. Like, it, it's been there. It just hasn't been listened to. And that's where we're at today. Well, I A, you know, applaud you for speaking out. I applaud anybody for speaking out, you know. Um, something that you just said that really resonates with me in regards to, you know, <clears throat> having so many experiences that I haven't shared you know, um, and, you know, definitely like my experience with Biji was one of them. Um, and I've, I've shared about it privately with like a few people. Um, but there's also something to be said and it sucks, you know, in regards to whether it is um, speaking out about sexual assault, rape, you know, harassment, or bullying. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, the, the primary focus has been on men, you know, um, because th- those are the majority <laughs> of the rapists and harassers and bullies and the ones that have the power. And it, you know, one of the things that you had said about that being your first film, you know, beyond first film, it was the first screenplay I ever held. I mean, I was only out of college a few years too, you know, and, um, I had been just doing musical theater regionally in South Florida and, got to hold a screenplay and got to have an audition and got a movie role with a director that I really admired. Yeah. I mean, the chances are beyond it's clearly God speaking to me and like, this is your chance. Yeah. And from day one, it was tough. There were so many other factors during that film. Oh, that yeah. was so difficult and tough. I oh, mean, yeah. two days before we started, Brad Renfro stole a boat yeah. and it looked like the movie was going to get scrapped right there. Yeah. And there was all these kind of things, you know, that I went through, you know, the producers, thought that all of them were the sexiest, hottest young cast ever. And then people just didn't really pay attention to me. Do you know, it, it was just a, it was a difficult place to be. Yeah. Um, on top of all of that, you know, and 
I mean, the, just because I forgive her does not mean I can't tell my own story. Amen to that. It's Amen. my story. It's what Amen. happened. I was there. So, like, I feel like even talking about it now, I could, like, I don't, I'm at the stage of I don't give a fuck in my life. Hmm. Like, truly, you know, um, I've just, it's, it's enough. I'll, I'll, I'll go be a farmer. I don't even care. Like, if it means I don't, I don't get to make <laughs> All I can think of, you movie, look like a farmer in those clothes. I just don't care like anymore to be honest and but there is a a part of me that does care yeah and that thinks that people will be like well he said he's sorry and now he's talking about it still and like all right well whatever are you sorry or not I didn't say I was sorry I said I forgive her do you know which doesn't mean I can't still bring it up or talk about it or anything else because there's more to be said you know like yeah the day she kicked me in the head which I talk about my grandparents were there they were extras and my my grandfather stood up out of his seat and my grandmother looked so worried and she was like i because i've been telling her about how much bijou was driving me crazy yeah and my nana was like are you okay i'm like that's part of the movie oh it looks so real Mm. you know like even lowering myself there and like lying to my grandparents because they saw her do it yeah i mean it's just so icky the whole thing was so icky i've carried it with me for so long and one of many stories as we said yeah and it's like why did I choose to bring it up then? Because to me, I gave her the gold star for the worst person I've ever worked with. Like mm. it, like it beat you know everybody that had ever treated mistreated me. Um, yeah, in this town, it was literally like horrible. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know from the things I've read, the interviews I've seen with her, and like the way the people I've talked to, I can't imagine anyone having a different experience. Yeah, you know. Like, I'll just, uh, I'll just say this, you know, my, my experience, um, on, on Hostel 2, we were filming in Prague and the, the day before we started shooting, like for, depending on the film, most certainly never an independent, but for like a studio film, they'll sometimes have like a, like a getting to know you kind of party. And, uh, it was happening in, happening in a bar and, um, at the time I didn't drink. I had been sober, I think about a year and I am not an extrovert. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an introvert. Um, I am not a big fan of parties. I'm not a big fan of big group get togethers, especially with people I don't know. Um, and I remember (sighs) Bijou, I like remember the gray gloves, like I remember the gray gloves. Um, What do you mean? She had thrown me up against a wall and put her hands around my neck and started choking me and choked me for a good 15, 20 seconds and said, uh, because she knew, um, that I was sober based upon, um, when we had gotten there, you know, we had been offered pills by one of the producers to like help us sleep, um, from like the jet lag and the time difference. And I was like, no, I don't know. Nope. Nope. Um, 
kept on getting offered and offered until I was like, I'm, I'm so bright. I, 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 I don't do that. Um, <clears throat> and so that night when she'd throw me up against the wall and like, I mean, I've experienced some horrifying moments in my life. Um, and I count that to be one of them. Um, and for me, I, it's not something that I think about all the time. And what's so strange is that I brought it up. I think like two nights before your thing had published, um, <clears throat> something had caused me to remember um, that experience that I had had with her. Um, and the reason that I brought up the sober thing is that she had said to me, um, I'm going to make sure you relapse on this film. And she didn't, um, because she didn't, um, I was going to say something cute and quippy and whatever. And also FYI, if you're just, um, if this is like the first episode that you've ever listened (laughs) to, um, in regards to my podcast, there's like a whole backstory that I don't desire to go into right now. It's definitely in other episodes about <clears throat> just everything. Um, yeah, it's like I, I literally feel my face right now just like talking about it. I know um, what you're saying. I, I was <clears throat> sick all day. Um, I, but, like when I sent it, I was I was at rehearsal and I had read Ellen Page's thing and sat with it all night and just in the morning I was sitting there I saw it again I saw some quotes about it yeah and it just really started to heat me up yeah and I just started typing you know yeah and typing and typing and then I was like oh I don't know if I should just put this up yet but it was like it's my story it's our lives it's like what we've been through and you know here's the here's the other thing that I think is you know I got bullied when I was a kid sure I got bullied quite a bit and A, because I could never really relate to like kids my own age, you know, and I had a bully when I was around six or seven years old who shall remain nameless. And I used to take the bus and every single day I would get on the bus to go home <clears throat> and I would pick a seat and I would sit in it. And my bully always ended up making sure that he sat right behind me and like would repeatedly punch me in the back of the head until I got off and punch me hard. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't have an environment with which I felt safe to go home to say what was transpiring. Like I felt very, very alone. And I remember one day I had, I, I just gotten so rageful 
and it was just one too many hits in the back of the head. I turned around, and I remember this kid had, like, originally had a shaved head, and his hair had grown out enough that I took my little hand, and I grabbed his hair and started bashing his face into the side of the bus window, and he started crying. Um, And then I ended up getting subsequently kicked off the bus because of my actions. Um, So... One thing about all of this. When... when We both have head trauma. (laughs) 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 Nice little laughter break. Uh, It's just... That was one of the first things that I tweeted out there because I didn't want people to... I mean, I appreciate fans and friends and people sticking up for me i really do like to see all of the people the outpouring of 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 that kind of uh love was so nice but there was a lot of hate sent her way and that is that was not my intention yeah no like i you know you don't defeat a bully with bullying so to me it was just like you know um that part was horrifying because it was fast and immediate and rough yeah, and and you know, here's the thing too. You know, <clears throat> I there's a few things. A somebody had just tweeted about this the other day, and I I read it. And with each passing day, I feel this becomes more and more apparent for me in regards to when. You grow up in an environment that has such toxicity that it becomes normal. So things like getting choked by a fellow cast member aren't considered out of the ordinary. You know, it's it's like... Okay, well, this happened. I didn't tell the producers. I don't even think I told Eli. I have, and I don't know if it's because she is a woman, right? Um, And you and I have had this conversation before, right? You know, um, but like if you're white and you're a dude, like you've got a fuck ton amount of privilege, right? But you um, also have to be like so, thin, and, thin and straight. Well, wait, but wait, right? But again, the, but that goes into there. There's so many different factors. There are so many different subsets, right? So you're white, and you're gay. Um, you're also not thin. Um, so that it's so multifaceted. And for me, I guess I I do have an incredible amount of compassion for her that doesn't excuse the behavior in any way, shape, or form. Um, <clears throat> and I think that I, yeah, I said this on the podcast that I did with Emily Best, where talking about like internal gaslighting. 
Like we don't, I don't, I don't need like, I, I'm my biggest gaslighter, you know, I'm my biggest gaslighter in terms of, um, justifying another person's unjustifiable behavior. Oh yeah. Especially when it's towards me. Actually oh, only when I it's take to- it. Yeah. If it's towards someone that you care about or someone that you love. Hell no. Don't you mess with my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, that's kind of what, um, another thing I wanted to talk about when, whenever I did speak about this, because we're in a crucial time right now for LGBTQ visibility. Uh, Nobody cared before if, like, a lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, queer, questioning person was abused at work. And it's still happening in places in our country. And they want to erase us from the census. <laughs> like, we don't deserve, even deserve to be counted. Like, how much does it cost to keep us on the census? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it, it's – this was a time – like, you know, we, we want to be heard right now. And, you know, there's a, a, a this amazing organization called The Lavender Project. It's kind of like – the Shinoa Foundation, but um, for for uh, gays, lesbians, transgender, like mm-hmm. to tell our stories because a, yeah. because a lot of us are estranged from our families, you know, especially our elders are estranged from their families, and and they when they die, their stories die with them. Yes, you know, and this was something where I was like, "Fuck you, I'm here," you know, I was here, mm. I cried, mm. like this was rough. Like people, people need to know those mm. stories for our history's sake and they're not being recorded in places. That's why I feel this is very, has very little to do with Bijou because honestly, like I could give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like for me, almost at all, at all yeah. it has nothing to do with her. Um, yeah. uh, like a part of me told a story often because I wanted people to care about it and nobody ever did. Mm-hmm. And now people care about it. Um, I don't. Need, I didn't need an apology because I've had like this blessing of compassion from people mm-hmm. that have like reached out. But this was more about me speaking up when it was our turn to speak up. Because if the vo- if we don't speak up, people don't know. Yes. And the fear, I'm done with it. The the toxic masculinity, you know, the heteronormative thing that I should just be a man who doesn't have feelings and I shouldn't cry. Or if I kicked, I should just take it. You know, I yeah. mean, the, yeah. I, we had definitely had producers on the show who were um, uh, just like, are you OK? Do you need me to like, should we should we like take should you do on the, the day off? Like, should we call you a doctor? Should If I had a problem to go call a doctor because somebody kicked me in the back of the head, if you think that I may have a concussion, like, why are we even moving forward in the first place? Yeah. Nobody was protecting me, do you yeah. know, and yeah. I didn't have an agent. Yeah. I mean, I was discovered in a club. Yeah. You know, I was hired for this movie. Yeah. And, you know, like, and by the way, everyone's got all this shit to say about Larry Clark. And I thought he was great. Yeah. Like, I really did. He hated her and hated working with her. And he was already mm-hmm. fed up, but he just wanted to. F- this movie was years of his life that he put into yeah. researching and getting ready to film. And yeah. then, you know, it was almost taken away from him twice already. And then there's another time, you know, so like he did what he could, I guess. I mean, they could have scrapped the whole thing. That was the only option. You know, um, there was really no other option and I didn't want that to happen either. It's my big break, you know, my my biggest chance. Yeah. Um, so I, I put up with it because of that reason and that reason alone, it it was just frustrating to be put in that position. Like, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't even, I became SAG for that. That was my first SAG job. 
You know, what's that say? Yeah. 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 I think that the, you know, the, because let me ask you a question. You know, if she had not been anybody, if she had had no power, if she had had no name, and she was just like you, first movie. Had I had behaved that way? No. No. If she had still behaved the same way that she had behaved, but it was her first film, and she didn't have any star power, her name didn't have any power, do you think that you would have responded differently? I don't know because I don't know that I had another position to respond in. I told people mm-hmm. um, when it got to the point where I realized that people weren't going to do anything about it. I stopped telling people. And that includes Larry. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, but I felt, I feel like to a certain, he's the director. I know, but he's also like, I don't want to take, the responsibility away from him, but I feel like that's a producer's position. I don't know. Like, Did, was he not a producer on that film at all? I mean, maybe. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. <clears throat> I, he. You know. It, 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 I felt like him and I were being abused at the same time. Let's put it that way. And With our goal, our common goal, was to finish this piece. And here's the thing: this is the craziest shit. I have love for Bijou. I do because that was my first movie. It was a great experience to be in a movie and to make a really good movie. I love the movie. I love her performance in the movie. And I'm proud of the movie. Um, so that's the crazy thing. It's not like we made like a, like a little shit film and it wasn't good. You can have producers, but at the end of the day, the director is the one who is the captain of the ship. Quote, unquote. You know? Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't put blame on Larry for this because he was going through so much too trying to uh, fix this film there's other things i'll blame him for it later but like yeah not that not her behavior he was the biggest proponent of like this is awful like how do we get through this i know it sucks you know and and, and that to me though like you know what here's the thing podcasts are dangerous because it's just me you and, and microphones yes and the truth Legit. The truth is dangerous. Um, and with that, though, it's, uh, you know, how one wields it. You know? Um, no. uh, look, I could say something that I don't think is wrong to say about anybody else. <laughs> but Google her. <laughs> I, I mean... It's like, there's nothing more to say. Like, you know, she could apologize, but... She could also apologize for everything else she's ever said or done. And and you know what? But here's the deal too, right? You know, like there's something to be said about getting to amend your behavior and maybe like yes, the biggest gift that got to happen was that you got to speak out and you got to be a mirror for her. Which means that maybe then she will reflect upon her behavior, um, including her past behavior, and then reach out to others whom we don't know about, many of whom we do, 
And uh, what you're saying right now was exactly my hope with this entire thing. Yeah. I, I don't wish her harm. I don't want anything taken away from her. I well, don't no, want, not at all. Know, um, I, I don't wish anything bad. You and know? I'm and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna I, I'm gonna steer clear of the direction that I want to go in with this. But which is just tell I, us the direction. I, I don't. I I refuse. I won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have another sip. Of I. <laughs> um. I yeah even even with another sip of margarita I won't um but what's so funny on like a complete side note not really I auditioned for bully really I had a meeting with Larry Clark in a hotel room for which part for Lisa for uh Rachel Meisner's part um minor yeah Rachel Minor. minor sorry and uh he was really interested in me doing it and I remember the first page of that script. I remember it was a shot of her masturbating. Mm. And not in the movie, but in the, at least in the script, there was like, it opened with her masturbating, um, like full on masturbating. And I'd said, and I, I was like 18 at the time. Um, and I, I met with him and I said, you know, I think that there's a more tasteful way to do this where we don't need to see her full naked body. Like we can just see her face. That to me is much more powerful. And obviously I, I didn't get it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, but I like even, I mean, (sighs) for fuck's sakes, I literally, like, yeah, like, who the fuck am I to talk? I ended up doing Hostel 2, which is the irony of ironies. As an adult. As as an adult. And also, you know, like, <clears throat> I said yes to that, like, originally, because it was, like, fucking Quentin Tarantino. Fuck yes. You know, like, yeah. filming in Prague. Fuck yes. Yes. Um, and, like, that death scene. Like, fuck yes. <laughs> I, yeah. Um. And now looking back as somebody, oh my God, 35, 10 years later, um, I don't know that I would have made the same decision. Like in regards to how I've grown in the last 10 years in terms of um, what it is for me to be a woman, getting to define myself as a woman outside of the heteronormative patriarchal structure that has been built. That's, you know, no um, slight to Eli, who, like, I, you know, treated me very well. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This business is fucked. I mean, they don't really do it that much anymore, but I remember coming up and every young kid was drinking in clubs. Like, what's that about? Where does the law just go like, eh, that's fine, you know? And I know that a lot of people, you know, Kevin Spacey included, you know, are are in trouble for being with younger people. And I'm not talking about, like, someone who's, like, 18 next month. I'm talking about, like, the extreme horribleness of being with, like, a little child. For sure. But there were, like fast ass 15 year olds that were around doing stuff you know around clubs and stuff when i was 
uh, coming up in this industry that I, you don't see as much anymore. You know, but like um, all of them, like you know, Hillary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, uh, um, Bijou, and Paris Hilton, and uh, the Olsen twins, and all these people were all in clubs. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like, well, why was that okay ever? Well, because I mean, but again, right? Where it's that's part of the that's part of the privilege, right? Where you get to go out and you get to have a drink at the rap party. You know, like whatever the fuck it is, you know? Um I mean, I was I was definitely partying and hanging out with people who were getting like bottle service when I was 18. I was right. definitely like drinking at the rap parties when I was 14 and I got into this business at 20. Yeah. So I didn't really like to me, I was always so shocked. I was already kind of in a place where I wasn't you know, I was always like, why is this going on all the time? And I guess th- th- there's something... That, it was a normal. But, well, that thing that you said about, like, fast 15-year-olds, you know, I don't... I, I feel like there's... There were emancipated teenagers, though, with, like, you know, Range Rovers and bank accounts and, you know, uh, <laughs> diamonds and... And drugs and everything else. And you're like, well, I didn't do that. You know, now this person's here. Yeah, I'll smoke a joint with you or whatever. Not that I ever did, but I'm just saying, like, that was what was going on everywhere, you know? And I think that that is the culture that needs to subside right now. That's something that needs to end. Because I think now, as I'm approaching the age that I'm about to have children, you know, I'm getting married and I want kids. And it's kind of like, do I want, if my child wants to be in the industry, like, do I want my kid doing that? stuff absolutely not you know i want to raise them to protect themselves in that kind of environment i came from a family that had no idea what environment i was in so i the 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 responsibility doesn't go on my parents and i don't think it goes on many of these young actors parents um although it should be but i don't think they really know they're not the ones that's being being whispered to by the producers they're the ones that are like i'm on set but you know my son or daughter is talking to somebody somewhere else and who knows what they're talking about you know what i mean like so yeah but i I, you know i here's the deal like you you know you can be 14 years old going to a fucking house party like kids are gonna experiment kids are gonna drink kids are gonna like smoke weed they're gonna do whatever the fuck like they're gonna do whatever it is and i i don't think that um that is really, you know, the issue at play, you know, because kids are going to do what kids are going to do. Yeah. Um, however. One of the things, too, that, like, I just have to say something about is um, what's with the. So when a child is when a, when a, a performer Mm-hmm. is under 18 they have to have a guardian on set mm-hmm. there's a lot of these supplemental guardians yeah. you know there's a lot of people that aren't one of their parents that aren't somebody who i would trust like watching a, a clock yeah you know what i mean so it's like i don't understand how some of these people are the ones that are in charge of some of these young people like why isn't that police i feel like hold that thought i love bark box more than anything why because i love my dogs more than anything And BarkBox delivers four to six natural treats and super fun toys 
curated around a surprise theme each month. So like one month it was Mardi Gras, another month it was Bark Ball, another month it was Country Fair. And each box is specifically curated to the size of your dog. So I have a small and cute dog, tag long, zero to 20 pounds. And then Nenea is just right, which is 20 to 50 pounds. And they also cater to the big and bold, which is 50 plus pounds, which is what Henry was. Um, and the plans are one, six or 12 months and you can cancel any time and shipping is free. And bark boxes are shipped on the 15th of each month, which is so cool. There's nothing better than mid-month surprise. So, because it's the holidays, and if you love your dog like I love mine, I strongly suggest you sign up. Again, the benefits are it's shipped right to your door. It's a unique variety of toys and treats. And on top of that, BarkBox supports shelters, rescues, and nonprofits across the U.S. that help dogs find their forever homes. Um, And any company that, you know really is willing to help out dogs, I am a fan of, and I will happily give my money to you. So when you sign up, go to BarkBox.com forward slash shut up, and that will give you a free extra month when you subscribe to a six or 12 month plan. Again, go to BarkBox.com forward slash shut up. That was a cool sound. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll... Again, I believe that everybody's experience is different, right? Like, for me, I hated having my mom on set for a variety of reasons. Um... <clears throat> for a variety of reasons I and um you know when I was on set like nothing happened I was doing my fucking work you know and I I was smoking like that was the extent um <clears throat> and in terms of guardians like if you're under 18 and you're in school you have a tutor you know, like that's the, you have a fucking tutor who's on set um, to make sure that like you get the required schooling in, which I did, you know, um, <clears throat> and I've worked with people who have been emancipated, you know, but weren't going to clubs, weren't drinking, weren't doing this, weren't doing that. Um I don't think that it's necessarily something that needs to be policed again, right? Just like it shouldn't be up to women to police whether or not they get raped. You know, it's... That's an entirely different thing to me, though. But but here's the deal. Like, I don't think it is in this sense. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that that's, like, my belief. Like, I'm not like, oh, they should be screened. I'm saying, like, what if? Maybe they should. Like, I'm trying to think of how to solve this problem because there shouldn't be another Bijou and there shouldn't be another Daniel in that situation, period. 
Well, you know, I, I think again, that comes down to the fucking director. It comes down to the director and it comes down to the fucking producers. Like that's what it fucking comes down to. Um, and whether or not they're going to take appropriate action, you know, and if, if the director's feeling is, man, we just got to get this done and like, blah, blah, blah. And just like suck it up and do what you got to do. And like, blah, 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 blah. That says something. Well, I'll tell you what I'm saying. Tell me. Nobody fucks with Daniel Franzese anymore. Period. Like, seriously. I put up with so much shit all these freaking years. I was in the closet. I played the game. I shut my mouth. I let everybody do this. I watch everyone do that. I'm done. Okay. Period. Okay. Well, that's great. I'm not going to, like, rat anybody else out if they're going and doing their own thing. Like, I'm very much... I still, you know, it's still, I didn't see nothing over here when it comes to other people. Unless someone needs my help, like, go ahead, do your thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. But don't fuck with me. No, for sure. I, I listen, I, I completely get it and I completely fucking understand, you know, and I feel like a lot of the predatory behavior, you know, um, can happen in ways that are very subtle at first, especially when you're younger. And again, when you're conditioned to believe that it is so quote unquote normal, especially, you know, um, as a woman, and I know that, you know, your experience was, was dealing with another form of bullying and harassment, you know, um, that involved. I feel like anybody that physically assaults someone else should immediately be fired. And that's it. Yeah, it was the last day, though. So, Like, no two things, like, no two ways about it. Um, I didn't get physically assaulted to the last day. I was just, like, like verbally harassed the whole time. And, and by the way... <laughs> Like, even when she was asking me if I was gay and all that stuff, I mean, she was like, yeah. are you gay? Are you gay? Are you, like, over and over, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, that was normal then. People were still saying, like, you yeah. know, probably, probably saying fag on The Tonight Show. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it was still, like, a very normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you would go, that's gay, it was because it was stupid. Like, yeah. it was, like, a different... T- we're, we're getting smarter. And, you know, part of the reason I accepted her apology and I did feel... A little bit of inner turmoil during that day was because we do live in a different culture and you can't hold up the old culture under the same microscope that we're going to that we're going to be moving forward. You know, there are there is a learning curve there. You know, we also were younger and all of that other stuff. But I do feel <clears throat> like that happened. It's my story. And I told it to make sure that people know that this went on. And because I felt like um, it was, it was just, it's something that might protect somebody. Yeah, and I, and I feel like if you could talk to your younger self, I think of that all the time. Like what? And and I want to preface this 
because I don't want I I don't want this to sound how I am so terrified it might sound, which is probably going to end it. Whatever the fuck, like what you resist persists, what you look at disappears. Um, But getting to look back, you know, what would you tell your younger self or what would you tell like a young actor now? Like if they're working on their first film. Look, I did whatever it took to get my foot in the door. Yeah. And without compromising myself in ways that I wouldn't be proud of. Yeah. Um, I'm proud that I handled that bullshit on that set and I was able to make it through and make a good movie anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm proud of the way I handled that. I don't feel like, oh, poor Danny, even though it does suck I went through that stuff. If I read that, I'd be horrified if it happened to someone else. Yeah. But I knew I was tough enough to handle it. It's the opposite of like wimping out or whatever you want to call it. Um, However, um, I wanted, I was like, someday somebody will know this happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like someday it'll be known that, that I went through this. You know, I mean, I don't know what else I want. I, the whole thing is I ended up a really confident man. I'm co- so confident in my body. Yeah. Like, you know, I was able to take my shirt off and be sexy and, and looking. And I was able to do other things that I wanted to do. And I, I, lo- I, I totally have my shirt off at the beach. And the dudes that like, especially when I was single, the dudes that loved, that loved me loved me because I was a big guy. Yeah. And because I was able to like be that way and be confident, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, uh, and then there's a certain element that makes me think that my character was so unconfident in Bully that as an actor, I was able to use a lot of that while I was working. And I, I, I turned it, I, I somehow spun that shit into gold, you know, for yeah, myself for sure. in order to make it through it. You know what I mean? It was methody, if you will. Yeah. Uh, not that that's what she was trying to do. I won't yeah. give her that much credit yeah. in that regard. Um, but now... I'm great. And people are always like, how could you be so confident? I don't understand my, you know, this part of my body, my stretch marks, my this, my that, my this, my that. And this is how, because I went through this. I literally said it in, when, in my post that the worst thing that could happen to a person who's afraid to take their shirt off is someone will go, ew, gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like the word it happened. Yeah. What else is left? They're not going to kill me. Yeah. So then it was like immediately, you know, and for somebody who hated taking your shirt off, I've had to do that in so many movies. So many movies, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've probably four or five things I've had to like, you know, be shirtless yeah. and I'm still getting requests for shit like that. Yeah. And I've done photo shoots like it. As a matter of fact, after bully, I went and did a photo shoot without my shirt off with the still photographer from bully that my agents were like, mm, we're not going to use these because it was a different time and everything else. Yeah. But like I just was like, who knows? Like I'm the big guy that's comfortable to do that now, you know? So I, I did, you know, take a sow's ear and turn it into a silk purse. I did take that moment and try to figure out a way that I can make this work for me. I took my problem and it went on a DVD shelf. And for me, once I realized that I could do that, the gift that I got from God from that was that I was able to do that with other problems in my life, with other things. I was able to do it with my sexuality and mean girls and put it into there. You know, if I was going to be seen as a gay kid, I was going to be seen at one that was accepted and not one that was, you know, like called fag and thrown in a dumpster. Do you know, this was an opportunity. Mean girls was an opportunity for me to do that in like a really positive light. And then in the same thing for 
looking, which I feel like is another tent pole or whatever thing in my career, you know, another pillar or whatever. But I was able to like sexualize a bigger gay man in in the in the LGBTQ lexicon, which never happens. And you know, um, I was able to take my the I was a castrated comic relief all the time, and I was able to do something. So I realized the power that it had for me. And the power that it had for people watching me yeah. early on because of this experience. So yeah. don't cry for me, but know that that shit happened and it's fucked up. Yeah. And I, and I guess, you know, um, getting to, getting to find that balance of, um, getting to a find the gratitude in regards to, something that is horrifying, something that is traumatizing, something that is, um, for a long time after that, I, you know, I had like this, I had a fear. I mean, even like having sex, I didn't want to like take my shirt off in front. You know, I always had this fear. Like it it took a long time to get to the point where I could do looking, do you know? Mm. And so I, 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 especially because you don't, you don't know who in their life has somebody close to them that's doing that or somebody, you know, that's, that's humiliating them or whatever. And it's so, it's just something that stuck with me for so long in a negative way that I, I, you know what it reminded me of? Like when we talk about it right now is the, the little grain of sand that's like inside the oyster that creates the pearl. Mm, yeah. It just was like irritating and irritating and irritating. Yeah. So I was able to like cover it with this shiny coat and it ended up being something of value to me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, um, only can I say that now after I've done this and I've actually said it and, you know, got an apology and, you know, yeah, I, can I really appreciate the beauty of that pearl? Yeah. And you know, and you know, what's interesting. I was, uh, I was having a conversation, um, <clears throat> not even a conversation. It was, um, it was at a salon that, that I, um, uh, gifted to be a part of. And we were talking about everything that's going on with, within the industry right now. <clears throat> and I was, I was talking about justice. I was talking about different forms of justice. And, you know, I, I didn't desire for anyone to go to jail via my experiences that I haven't talked about. Um, Like the justice for me is like just being believed, just being heard and just being received. Like I don't even need an apology, you know, like that, like, and, and I didn't, she did. She needed the apology. And I was, I was willing to, can you, can you expand, can you expand on that for people that are like, what does that mean? Okay. And maybe this should be where we kind of wrap this up because this is like, I don't know. I don't want to go too much further, but I feel like I didn't need her to say sorry to me. Even when I saw her the few times that I seen her over the years, I was like, Hey, you know, um, I didn't need to go up to her and be like, Hey, you need to apologize for this. Yeah. Um, I said what I said because I was telling my story and I was inspired by Ellen's story. Yeah. And, um, but she needed an apology because it's ugly. 
It's Meaning ugly. she needed to apologize. She, no. She needed me to say sorry because she needed to apologize and then say sorry or everyone was going to attack her forever. And, like, you know, maybe the punishment might not affect the crime. Like, because we live in a social media world now. And I think that people would have tortured her for a really long time over that. Maybe they still will and to some extent. But I gave her an apology to give her a resolution on it because otherwise they would be this open-ended wound. But wait a minute. You apologized to her for what? No, I didn't apologize. Okay, so I'm that's... I'm saying I didn't need her... I No. Just... just I, I didn't need to accept her apology is what I meant. Okay. Did because I you wrong? kept on... Yeah, because you, you kept on saying that like she needed... I didn't need the apology from her. Okay. That wasn't something that I needed for closure. Yes. Like, she needed to apologize to me, and I needed to accept it for her. Yes. I okay. didn't need that experience to okay. happen for me. Okay. For me, I just needed to tell it. Okay. I needed people to hear it. Okay. Like you were saying, I just needed people to hear what I had to say. That's it. Yes. I don't even care if they, didn't, if they hated me for it. I just needed to say what I had to say. Yeah. Because it happened. And so, for her to apologize and me to accept it, I did that for her. That yeah. wasn't for me. Like, that didn't... Yeah. Give me the closure that I needed. The closure that I needed was telling the story and people actually listening. Because I've told it so many times and nobody really listened except for like friends like you. Yeah. And and that I think is is something that like is important and that I think is something that is um you know, speaks to a much bigger issue. Um Because it was also rewarded all the time. You know? Like I worked so hard on that movie and I put up with all that shit and she went to the Venice Film Festival. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was always this, it was always that thing, you know, you didn't go. No, I wasn't even invited. Okay. You know, and it was, it was sort of that kind of thing. Like I'm the one that's like putting in the work, taking the series as an actor. She's the one that's like making faces during, you know what I mean? And, and that goes, and that goes to like what I had asked earlier, right? In terms of, and, and mentioned earlier in terms of power, in terms yeah. of all of that stuff. And that to me is like something that is incredibly interesting, you know, um, and that it's it's so complex. And again, it's, it's not d- defending her behavior because I've had my own experiences with it. But I'm able to have more understanding and empathy for her um than I would for a man who would do the same thing to me why why um because men def- on default have more power than women default that's that's the privilege of having a penis For there's <laughs> the more power more power default um and again that's why i said it was like so nuanced and there are so many there are so many different layers right like are you a straight white man or are you a gay white man are you a straight black man are you a gay black man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I you know, grew up like, a white man. And then all of a sudden, you know, I realized I was ethnic. And then I realized I was fat. And then I realized I was broke. And then I realized I was gay. And then I realized all these other things that just knocked me down a notch. 
till I lost most of my privilege. But but I, but, I, I grew but up still, but still, as a white man, you have more privilege than I do. I could see that. I understand. And so, what I'm saying is, is that as a woman, to have had that experience were me to be assaulted by another woman in that way. Oh, I get it. I get it. It's going to elicit a very different response within me that is much more muddled and confused than if a man had done the same thing. Because there is... The, po- the power dynamics... I totally see what you're saying. ...are incredibly, incredibly different. Um, and that's why I had brought up earlier about the fact that, like, her position of power was the fact that she was famous and well-known and a name. Yeah. I'm part of what greenlit that film, you know? Um, and... Uh, What I found with her is that once somebody actually stands up to her, um, and I think the reason that she does what she does or did what she did, because I don't know her today. Um, Hold that thought. You guys know the holidays are coming, right? And with that, there's going to be a lot of food, a lot of grocery shopping, which, um, as you know, I'm not a fan of which is why I'm so grateful for HelloFresh. They deliver right to my door when works best for me, and it comes in a recyclable insulated packaging. And HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef-created recipes that change weekly. And specifically for the holidays, oh my gosh, have they got some good stuff. Meatloaf, 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 meatloaf. Meat love a la mom with roasted root vegetables and thyme gravy and the pan seared scallops with heirloom tomatoes, mashed potatoes, and Meyer lemon. I love me a good mashed potato. On top of that, it's, it, it's so much fun when like you're getting to cook with somebody that like you care about and it's so easy. Um, but I'll tell you one of my favorite things that I've gotten to make from HelloFresh is the Juicy Lucy burger with the tomato onion jam and arugula salad. I don't normally eat salad, but when HelloFresh sends it my way, I absolutely, absolutely do. And because it's just in time for the holidays, you guys will get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh by visiting HelloFresh dot com and entering promo code listen three zero again go to hellofresh.com enter promo code listen three zero standing up to that power and just go fuck yourself like who the fuck do you think you are like and that's something i didn't have then at all I wanted to say that when we were at brunch. I wanted to say it right then because I felt dumb not saying it after just telling you the whole story. Yeah, no, I felt I know. like what, like 
And you did share your story with me. Yeah, then. I did. I didn't say that in the beginning because I didn't know how much you were willing to share now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I like, I, we both just finished mm-hmm. and then she literally appeared. Literally appeared. And it took everything, every fiber of my being to say, to not say, fuck you. And it goes to something. And that makes me think of when we were there and she didn't, she'd. Asked you for your number and not me. (laughs) For my number. And then I was like, um, yeah, sure. Because at the time, I didn't have the tools with which to say no. You know, and this is something that I talk about continuously on this podcast. Um, And I think it is so fucking important. You know, especially, especially as a woman, I feel that we're conditioned that just because we have it, it automatically means we should give it. You know, so when I, when I'm asked for my number, even when I don't want to give it, I end up giving it not anymore. Like, absolutely not. And then I remember she had said something about how she had tried to reach out to me. Um, and that like, I hadn't responded or blah, 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 did, did, like whatever the fuck it was, you know, because we're conditioned to be nice, to get along. We're conditioned to not set that kind of boundary. You know, we're conditioned to push things under the rug. We're conditioned to forgive. We're conditioned to forget. We're conditioned to move on. Um, We're conditioned to silence our voice. We're conditioned to silence our anger. We're conditioned to silence our rage, you know. And, And so I'm very grateful that there are so many that are speaking out, like including you, you know, and... Like, it really does take that one that is willing enough to speak up and speak out that allows others to do the same. You know, I don't know. I I would never have talked about my experience with Bijou. Ever. Well, we also talked about that um, our, our mutual friend, Ira. Yes. Ira Madison. Uh, at yes. Ira, and he wrote an article about Ellen Page. And at the end of the article, he said something about, like, maybe this might ignite some more uh, gay actors to talk about, like, experiences that they had that were homophobic, but probably not. And I think that was, like, the last straw for me, too. Like, yeah. it was just sort of the point where I was like, if we don't start talking about this, it'll never be spoken about. This is our window. Yeah. I thought about the Lavender Project. I thought about all these other stories. I was like, this story can't die with me. Like, Oh, Yeah. No, I mean, in terms of, in terms of like those kinds of experiences, like I'm sure like that's the thing is that like hostile Two is such a fucking blur to me. Like the only times that I have like any clear memory of or like the times that I had to myself on my days off where I would just walk the streets of Prague with no destination of mind. Um... Like, I really can't even bring the sufficient, like, I can't even bring to memory aside from, like, that fucking moment. Um, the night before we started shooting, like, there was so much. Like, there was so much that I think, like, a part of me just, like, really kind of checked out. Like, really, really kind of checked out. Um and it, it it makes me think of like other things that like I've worked on 
where like I've definitely had instances um, where homophobia was present, you know, in, in one way or another. But again, it's something that I'd been so conditioned to experience that it was normal for me to hear like, you just need the right dick, you know, or like, you're not really gay, you know, or whatever the fuck it is. Like, come out to dinner with me. Like, are you sure? Like, are you really sure? Um, And... Well, next time we get together, I'll tell you the story of the movie I did walk off of. <laughs> okay. Okay. But uh, we probably should end this because it's like tuning into a very special nine-hour episode. Um, yeah. Well, the truth is, is that normally my my podcast episodes go between an hour and a half and well, there you go. two hours. Um, so, yes, I think we should. Um well, everybody, I just want to say um, thank you so much for listening. Danny, um, thank you for coming on. And um, thank everyone that did listen, thank you. Because um, it just feels good to be heard. Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> with that, like my my beautiful, lovely listening community, you know, utilize your voice. You were given your voice for a reason. Um, use it. Just know that that um, space will be held for you to use your voice. Um, even if you just at me on Twitter, um, my DMs are open. Um, and also, by the way, thank you so much for the people that have been DMing me about their their experiences and um, I I really appreciate it and and I value it and um, I'm I'm honored that you would you would choose to share the things that you've chosen to share with me. Um, and with that again, like Danny, you have a new clothing line. What is it called? <laughs> uh, the Winstonbox dot com. The Winstonbox dot com. And uh, you also have that podcast. Uh, at Butch and the Bear. At Butch and the Bear. They're on Reverie. On Reverie. They're, the podcast is so much fucking fun. Um, it's it, it really, I had such a good time doing it. Um, you guys just need to get couches. Yeah, probably, right? <laughs> More comfortable. You guys need to get couches. This couch is really cozy. Thanks. I appreciate it. I got it for, um, I got it for $150. On Boom. Craigslist. Boom. It was really nice. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Oh, my God. And I'm so excited because it's such a fucking special episode. It's a fucking Thanksgiving episode. And I'm so excited about the fucking guest. So fucking stoked. You have no fucking clue. Um, anyway, guys. Love you. Bye.